The Crotchety Old Man Podcast is not a registered investment, legal, or tax advisor, or a broker-dealer. All investment financial opinions expressed by or on the Crotchety Old Man Podcast are from the personal research and experience of the owner of the site and are intended as educational material. Although best efforts are made to ensure that all information is accurate and up-to-date, occasionally unintended errors and misprints may occur. Before you invest or make any investment-based decisions, consider your own personal circumstances. You should do your own research and seek advice from a financial professional. Good afternoon, and good afternoon, and good afternoon, and good morning, wherever you are today. It's Thursday, Thursday, and welcome to the Crotchety Old Men Podcast. Today in our studio, we have Paul Clemens, retired holistic uh, medicine doctor. We also have George Crumley, retired business executive and, and, and investor. And we have myself, Gary Smith, commercial real estate investor and retired investment in Bell. Welcome to Thirsty Thursdays with us and our host. I'm going to show it over to George Crumley as I stumbled in my words today. <laughs> hey, Gary. Happy <laughs> Thursday. It's another Thursday from the crotchety old man. We're going to try to lay them, lay some more information on you. You know, before we get started, though, Gary, you know, I want to make sure everybody understands that, you know, we're in tax season right now. And one of the things that people may not know is that if you have student debt, the government is allowing you to write that interest off. That's very important here. Here again, we talk about getting your money back. So make sure you get with your accountant or however you're doing your taxes and make sure you check into that because that could be a very formidable deduction for you. Okay. But um, today, what our, our topic is the myth of commercial real estate. You know, we've talked about real estate, mm. commercial real estate, and we've kind of wet the appetite of our listeners and we've talked about it. So I think we're finally here to do that episode on it. And and such as, and since it's such uh, an unknown, that's why we're titling it the myth of commercial real estate. So, Gary, you want to jump right into it? Absolutely. Well, what a good topic, the myth of commercial real estate. It's been a myth that when you see um, stores like your Burger Kings, your uh, McDonald's, your... Uh, Dollar Store, CVS, AutoZone, Trader Joe's, name them. They're all in our communities. They're all over. And the little known myth about these is that people think that these retail brands own the property, own the building, or own the land in which they sit upon. And uh, that is absolutely not true. As a matter of fact, uh, this sector of commercial real estate is known as triple net lease investments or triple net lease or single tenant net lease. You'll hear many terms are used about to describe them, but actually those businesses prefer to rent than own. Let me give you an example. George mentioned about taxes. And one of the major reasons why to invest in real estate in particular, because of the tax benefits and advantages of owning direct ownership of, com of commercial real estate. And I'm not going to go into the whole litany of uh, deductions, but one of the most familiar deductions is depreciation. Well, what these businesses do is that, well, let me put it this way, because I want you to stick with me here. The next time you drive around town, I want you to start looking out for the retailers and stuff in your communities, you know, the ones that I just mentioned. And now I want you to take that thought and think that you have an opportunity to own one of those locations, and of course the bragging rights that come with it, just by being made aware 
that these type of investments or opportunities are available to us. Let me give you a quick example. Let's take a Burger King, for instance. Now, most Burger Kings uh, are owned by franchise owners, and many of us know are familiar with franchisees and, you know, from your Chick-fil-A's and your McDonald's or what have you. Well, the corporate entity, uh, Burger King corporate, what they'll do is that they have uh, a team of site surveyors, they have a team of site selectors and people of that nature who will go out, they'll identify a market where they want to put a Burger King. And they've done all this stuff for you. So they, they know how the demographics, they know how many people are in this particular neighborhood. They even know the incomes of the particular neighborhood and they know the traffic patterns. Uh, does the person want to buy a Burger King sandwich on their way to work? Mm, maybe not unless they're serving breakfast. Well, they know exactly where to put that property or place that property. So that takes the risk away from us as individual investors, whereas that we don't have to worry about that. Because if they have their own site selection team, then they obviously are not going to put a Burger King in an area or a market where they're not going to make money. So the developer, they'll hire a developer to find the land, they'll buy the land, and then the developer will build a building on top of that. What we do as investors, the developer wants to get his money back out of it. We'll buy that property. And now Burger King has to pay you, the landlord, the rent every month. And it's predetermined. Most of these properties will lease the land and the building for a period of 10 years, 15 years. And if you look at drugstores, the lease are as long as 20 years. Can you see how that an investment like that could be a generational income producing cash flow stream for years to come. Now, when you look at commercial real estate from that perspective, we're talking about passive income. So now, why do they call it triple net lease? Let me tell you why. In a triple net lease commercial investment, the tenant pays for the upkeep and maintenance of the entire building. Obviously, everything that goes on inside the building is a tenant's responsibility. So you as an owner, you don't have to concern yourself with how many hamburgers they uh, make or who didn't show up for work that day or any of those things that goes on inside the building. The tenant is also responsible for everything that goes on outside of the building, such as the roof, the structure of the actual building, the landscaping, as well as the parking lot. You don't have to be concerned with those items. Next, the tenant also pays for the insurance on your building. Yes, in the event of a hurricane, a tornado, or somebody have a medical emergency and they crash into the side of that building, you as the owner or the landlord will never get that call. The insurance company pays for that. Of course, the tenant is paying for the insurance. So, so, if we real... make an, so if we make an investment like that, Gary, we're not so much making an investment on the building as, as, as much as we're making an investment on how much money that building makes. Absolutely. You're spot on because what you're actually buying is the cash flow. 
Gotcha. That's exactly right. That's the cash flow. The cash value, cash flow is what creates value in real estate anyway, particularly in commercial real estate. It's the cash flow that you're buying. Now, the building and the land is somewhat, I like to say, is a security benefit because in the event that that tenant of Burger King, and we've all seen them, Burger King may close for whatever reasons. Well, two things happen. Number one, if the tenant leaves the premises or leave, vacates that building before that lease term, that 10, 15, 20 year period that I mentioned earlier, if they leave any time before that lease is over, they still are obligated to pay the rent. And they do. Now, in the event that that happens, well, the security piece comes in that you got a building that's already was selected to be in a good market where there's cars coming by and there's people there. So now the building is such that other tenants will want to rent it. And I can go on to some of the other details and stuff about how to charging the rents and the increasing the rents and things of that nature. But I want to finish with this third tentacle that makes triple net lease investments so, so good. And that's the taxes. The tenant also pays the property tax. And we all know that property taxes can go up or down. Mostly they go up over a course of a long period of time. And so if you have someone else that is paying your property taxes, that's keeping your building up to date and keeping it uh, repaired and, and making sure that it's not crumbling or what have you, as well as pay the insurance, and they pay you rent every month, that's a wonderful deal. It is. It really is, Gary. <clears throat> but, you know, so from, I guess what comes to mind for me is from a consumer perspective, you know, how would I get involved with that? Is that something that's reachable um, from, you know, in, in my stature? I, I'm sure, you know, most Americans would probably say, you know, they would think that that would be more of a corporate um, uh, buying opportunity. But uh, is it also uh, an individual or a um, opportunity or a family opportunity? It sure is, George. I'm so glad you asked that question. Single tenant net lease, while it's being promoted that it's only for the wealthy, but the average person, John and Jane, can also participate in this lucrative investment sector of commercial real estate. Number one, one way to do it, obviously, is that, well, I shouldn't say obviously, but one way to do it is that for those who have 401ks, and there are companies now who are buying out 401k uh, businesses, if you will, for the sole purpose of getting access to those funds to invest in these properties. So you could do it as well. You could take as, uh, if you want to do a, a situation or a deal on your own, you could take $500,000, which I say $500,000 is pretty much the minimum to leverage into a deal. Or you could join other like-minded individuals. In previous episodes, we've talked about the benefits of, of developing an LLC, a limited liability corporation. I just want to keep the numbers real simple here because you guys know I'm a numbers guy and I like getting into the numbers, but I won't <laughs> do it. <laughs> However, you got 10 people, and I just use 10 arbitrarily. 10 people take out $50,000 out of a 401k. And I use that because a 401k for most people is your nest egg. And what you want to do is make sure that 401k is continuing to produce income because that income is designed for you to live off of. 
And a lot of people are afraid that, you know, they'll outlive their income source. So with an investment in commercial real estate, such as what we're talking about here, there's strength in numbers. So we got 10 people that each uh, put in $50,000 each into this one fund that you all have control over, et cetera. And then we leverage that $500,000 and buy a triple net lease investment. Those funds, now you can participate in that particular sector of real estate. You have two things going for you, actually three. Number one, you have a guaranteed source of income that's coming in now from your $50,000. And you get that all back uh, out of the deal. You also have the deductions that come with direct ownership when you're receiving this rents coming out. So you don't pay as much taxes on the income, if any, that you receive. And lastly, the other benefit of it is that you know exactly how much you're going to receive each and every month. So it's not if come. It is truly income. So what do you think, fellas? I think it's that's a great opportunity. Yeah, that's what we need to be doing. And you know, what's interesting to me that you mentioned is, is, is the way they coin these words, commercial real estate, um, personal wealth, um, it appears to me as though they coined this so that it does create a margin for folk that don't that aren't normally in that arena to stay out of it because of the connotation of the word uh, mm -hmm. commercial commercial real estate and and I think we as 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 uh, as, as 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 investors need to understand that that doesn't keep us from getting into the game at all. Absolutely, absolutely. And so, it, like as George said earlier, it's, it's that myth. You know, once you right. get beyond that smokescreen and find out, wait a minute, yeah, we can play this game too. Because look, buying triple net lease properties is very different from buying a home or a rental apartment. I mean, the demand for these properties are extremely, extremely high. And it's high for a reason because the investor market knows that these properties tend to appreciate. And we, not any, I don't like using the word appreciation too much because that's not the reason to buy real estate. The, real, the reason you buy these is for cash flow. But I'd be remiss to say that appreciation does come along in the game because, hey, they, the more money that these companies make, um, the more that they want to stay there and the more value. Because remember, cash flow equals value. And tenants who are, are committed to a long-term lease in a high traffic area, um, they're gonna command a higher dollar amount when it's time to exit. And sometimes it makes sense to exit a property, meaning that you sell it and make a profit on it. Uh, and then there's other times that if you have a deal, let's say like a drugstore or maybe a Burger King, because here's another deal that I didn't mention earlier. As far as an inflation fighter, Many triple net lease properties have an automatic rental increase built into the lease. What do I mean by that? Well, now, as we know, we're getting hit with this inflation and, and so on and so forth, and the cost of goods and services are, are increasing. But if your income is not increasing, that puts you in a, in a very aber uh, adversary position. Whereas that even though you may not be able to get a raise on your job if you're still working, and inflation is eating into your cash flow. If you have an investment on the side in a triple net lease type property, 
where you're getting this additional cash flow, but every year it automatically increases by anywhere from 2% to 5%. That is a significant difference and a significant benefit for investing in single tenant, triple net lease commercial real estate. Ah, I said a mouthful. You did. You really <laughs> did. You really did. I mean, this is exactly why, you know, I couldn't wait until we talked about commercial real estate because of the fact that it, it gives us an opportunity to really see what other investments that um, are out there that we don't really have an opportunity on a daily basis to get involved with or to hear about or someone's communicating that to us. As I call it, it's a well-kept secret. But I think once you peel back the onion, you really see that it's something that is obtainable. Like PC was saying earlier, when you hear the word commercial, automatically you think it's big. You know, you something big and it's out, you know, and, and it's out of, my, out of my realm. You know, it's something not for me. But truly, commercial real estate is something that you we all need to invest further as far from a knowledge perspective to understand. And as we go on through the uh, different podcasts, we're going to get into uh, the different terminology. We're going to maybe look at a balance sheet and talk about, you know, how to really look and dissect uh, a, a commercial opportunity so that we here again, put it close to home um, here again. I mean, if you like what you're hearing, make sure you you hit that subscribe button. You hit that follow button on Spotify, Google and uh, iHeartRadio because we're going to bring you these nuggets of information every time uh, uh, we get an opportunity to you. One of the things that Gary talked about was cash flow. We've talked about that in, in previous episodes, you know, mailbox money. You know, if you get into a situation where you've got your Social Security coming in, you've got money coming from rent uh, from a rental property. And now you can have money coming in from a commercial real estate entity. And I'm going to tell you this one other thing that's really going to whet your appetite. Gary kind of touched upon it, but you can get into one of these situations with people you really don't know. Okay. You can get into the situation uh, by investing. There's obviously legal documents that you have to sign. The other thing is the commercial real estate property. You can own it. You can benefit it and actually never even see the property. So these are some of the things that I want to make sure you understand that this out there it's something that we're going to expand on uh, further in other episodes. So please tune in when you get an opportunity. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Tell your friends about it. Because, hey, we're pouring out some knowledge here. We're giving you some pearls of wisdom that, hey, that even surprised me on a database. We, I mean, we can just go on and talk about this forever. But, hey, I'm going to go ahead and close. I'm going to turn it back over to PC to give us some knowledge to go out on. And uh, I'm going to see you next Thursday. Go ahead, PC. Anytime that we discuss the the uh, ins and outs of whether it's holistic health or financials and you have questions or you have an inkling to get involved, always contact one of us at uh, the crotchety old men podcast dot com to uh, to voice your choice. Absolutely. Hey, Smitty, you good? We We're good. Peace. Yes, Smitty's real good. <laughs> <laughs>